0: and welcome to the Light Plus podcast from Lighthouse. My name's Eva Rosen, and I'm the Curator in Residence at Lighthouse between January and July 2019. This series of Light Plus is part of a programme of projects and events called Who's Doing the Washing Up and Where's the Sink? I'll be talking to artists, users, workers, and collaborators whom I've been working with about the role of hospitality in arts organisations and specifically at Lighthouse. Today, I'm going to talk to Emma Wickham, Head of Operations at Lighthouse. We'll be talking through Emma's role and some of the tools that keep Lighthouse going as a building and an organisation. Hi, Emma. Hello. It's so nice to have you in the studio today. And this is the final podcast in the series of five that I've been doing alongside my programme at Lighthouse, And so far I've been talking to the different artists and users of the building and tenants and I really wanted to talk to you today as the head of operations to get a bit more of an insight into how Lighthouse works. And I was about to say behind the scenes but I think that your role is really integral to how Lighthouse is an organisation that hosts a lot of different activity From the programme that it does, the public projects, to the hiring out the spaces for conferences, for training for other companies and for the 10 organisations that are also hosting space in the building and the whole of the Lighthouse team. So even though I feel like this behind the scenes is maybe where your role usually is positioned, I don't like using it because for me you're right at the centre of everything. So it's really a real pleasure that you're in the studio to do this final podcast with me. And since I started, I've been really impressed or completely in awe of how you manage everything and keep everything going from a real operational side of things. And the programme of commissions that I've been developing at Lighthouse to sort of look at the role of hospitality and how Lighthouse hosts different types of activity in the building has had this title of who's doing the washing up because It's part of a grant that funds my role and the artists that I'm asking to do projects here that's called Reimagine Europe which is asking us to reimagine our institutions and how they work and who we work with and once they've been rebuilt who's doing the work to keep them going, to maintain them, to do the cleaning up at the end and to sort of use that question of who's doing the washing up to ask back of these big questions that a grant like Reimagine Europe is asking So the final podcast with you is going to be focused on the operational side of Lighthouse. And we thought that we would try to use a different format based on the well-known radio programme Desert Island Discs. And as Lighthouse is a kind of nautical Thing like an island, we'll go with it. But we'll call it Lighthouse Maintenance Tools, which is going to be much more of a fun episode. So if you're listening, don't turn off yet. Despite the perhaps less exciting title, it is going to be an exciting podcast. Emma and I have both bought some things from the lighthouse building that we think a sort of or give an introduction to the different ways that. Emma's role in particular as operations keeps the building going and functioning. But I just wanted to ask you a few questions to start about your role and how long you've been at Lighthouse and if you
1: could say a bit more about your role as Head of Operations. Sure. Thanks for inviting me along, Eva. So yeah, I've been at Lighthouse for the longest time out of the team. I'm like the sort of raven at the Tower of London that can't leave. (laughs) But, yeah, so 14 years, actually, I, I totted up. I've been at Lighthouse. I was, uh, started as administrator down when we were on Middle Street, and a year later we moved to the Lighthouse building. So I then eventually became operations coordinator and then general manager and then head of operations, which <laughs> is what I am now. So, basically, my job is to look after the building and everybody in it Um, make sure that people have what they need, all the cogs are oiled and people are happy and also safe inside, looking after things really and caring about what goes on there.
0: And maybe this is going to repeat some of the things you just said, but Mm. what does operations mean to you as a word for a building
1: like Lighthouse, which has a lot of different things going on every day? Yeah, I I was trying to think about what it meant, and we we're kind of using the word hospitality quite a lot recently, but I actually can't bear the word hospitality because I don't. In my head, I think of a kind of funny, weird hotel manager, sort of having a nervous hello, sort of, <laughs> and getting a bit sort of stressed at the door, and and reading off a kind of script. And I kind of want to be the opposite of that or create an experience, which is the opposite of that. And to basically, it is the things that you don't see, I think. So I make sure that I'm there before anyone else is like at least an hour to make sure all the things are ready so that then we present ourselves as chilled out, but on top of things. And it's like welcoming an old friend, basically, into the building And just making sure that that person's looked after and we know what they need and they know where we are when they need it. There's lots of things though, really.
0: I think I'm always interested in hospitality because I used to do it so much. But then it sort of also became part of how I just looked after people and then Mm. that sort of somehow fell into that category of hospitality. And then gradually, working in the arts, it suddenly became something that curators and organisations were thinking about Mm. as radical hospitality, as a way to, again, like, think about how to open up their organisations, how to make them welcoming to people Mm. that didn't feel welcome. And the whole time I would think it's so bizarre to have a conversation about radical hospitality but still everyone is sitting on these really hard chairs (laughs) and no one's given any refreshment and you have to sit there for three hours listening to something which you might not understand and there's no tools to help you understand it Mm. and then you just have to go and (laughs) yeah and I remember working in one organization where lots of people kept coming in and I kept trying to find them a chair and then uh in like the team meeting the week after one of the other staff saying it was amazing that you would find chairs for people we just never thought of doing that before and then they would just leave
1: yeah (laughs) that's like the odd thing isn't it because it's like I feel like can you learn that it's it's just that's to me being normal but yeah
0: exactly it's like it's not really being nice or performing hospitality it's just being yeah. a normal respectful person and understanding that everyone has different needs mm. and the way I've watched you move is like trying to anticipate what people need before they need it
1: or... mm. yeah I feel like I sort of feel the building within me like as soon as I'm in there I'm kind of like a clock and I am just know what's going to happen when and try to make sure everyone's looked after and not getting in a stressed state hyper aware of everything all sounds all movements <laughs> all doors opening and shutting <laughs> yeah yeah and you're an
0: incredibly calm person to work around but I can tell that you're sort of absorbing all of that like knowledge and sort of electricity in the air of knowing what's going to happen when and when things need to happen and if something doesn't happen when the kind of consequences of
1: that yeah yeah yeah, it's, it's um, ingrained in me. So if I actually kind of want to do some work, so if I need to concentrate on something, I have to put headphones on, but still I can't really... I feel like I need to be on full alert, really, just in case. Yeah. When I need to do work, we've talked about this in my review recently, I would not have to not be in the building, basically.
0: Yeah, and I think you really... You are, like, a cog of the building, and that's why I find myself... Repeating the same things that you know, operational work or cleaning work or the kind of maintenance work is referred to as behind the scenes. Mm. But you're like the pin of holding the scenes together, and without that work, it just yeah. doesn't exist, and or it doesn't, it's not, it just falls apart. Even though you're kind of working and making what you're doing is invisible because it works, yeah. And the moment that it's not working, it's really visible.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like I don't want it to be like that really because I I enjoy that being this cog but then I'm like but I you know I want to go on a holiday and other people not to be like oh no what do we do so you know it's uh, something that we're always working on obviously it's like a handbook of what to do but once it's it's a it's a brain switch isn't it as well I don't expect everyone in the office to be thinking about the building all the time that one person thinking about it is enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I wondered what your
0: first object is. And I didn't give you a very clear brief. I just said to bring some objects that, yeah. I don't know, like signifiers of what you do and, or
1: the building itself. Mm. So this the first object I've bought, probably going to be really annoying what I've done here because I haven't really bought any objects from the building. But anyway, you'll find out why I've, I'm going to talk about them. So my first one is this little dude here, which is just my phone. So I kind of was thinking about my day. And it's really important that I wake up in the morning and my alarm goes off. Because if I don't, no one can get into the building. So if like 50 people are coming for a hire, I'm not there, then that would be really bad. So that's a kind of the first thing. It's the, it's the alarm on my phone. Plus, on there is the wall planner, which is like the basically the brains of the building, which is a Google sheet, which I can always check in and look at just to know what's happening the next day. Plus, it's also about being contactable. So I need to be contacted 24-7 just in case there's an issue or problem with the building. It doesn't happen much, but I need to be contactable if there was an emergency and also it's about supporting the team out of hours so any duty managers who might be looking after an event and need to help with something they can they need to be able to reach me on on my phone so that's like a really important tool for me I'd be lost without that yeah so that's my first that's my first one
0: and i been on the Emma Out of Hours helpline and it's incredibly <laughs> reassuring and helpful for someone that is about to open or close a building which
1: has so much in it. So yeah,
0: cool. Thank you.
1: Oh, there's one more thing about the phone actually. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking today, I was out, out the back manning the door as part of Geordie's intervention. Um, a lot of my job, and I try not to make a lot of my job this, is nattering to people and just talking to them and... Talking to the tenants, which I I mean, I could talk to people all day long, but it wouldn't be that productive. But yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Face to face, chatting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important. But it's important. It is important.
0: So leading on from that, I the object I bought was oh, the yeah. doorstop. Of course. So this week, Jordi Ferrero has been in residency with us. And when he came in April, he was really fascinated by how... All of the doors at Lighthouse are closed or propped open with a doorstop and coming from Barcelona, well, he says that doors are always open and as a public institution, which Lighthouse is, I think he was really intrigued by how the front door and then all of the internal doors are closed. And today, Emma, you were sitting at the back of the building because as part of his intervention he opened all of the doors during the public event, including the very back entrance. So thank you for sitting there for two and a half hours (laughs) (laughs) to make Geordie's intervention happen. But I wondered if you could talk a bit about the doors and why they have to be closed
1: or held open with this doorstop. Different doors have different pathways to different places and depending on what we're doing, they need to be shut or not or properly locked because of how the shape of our building is and we have the 10 other tenants in there. We're responsible for their the security of their building and also the fire safety aspect as well. We'd love to have the front door open more but also we'd need a person there. so when we were talking before about Geordie and the door stops, and you asked me, what will that entail? And I was like, well, one doorstop, one person. <laughs> so couldn't be without the doorstop. Absolutely essential. Mm-hmm. And what's your second Oh, my second, second thing. Second thing. So my second thing is, I'm going to get it out of my bag. My trainer, oh. my shoe. I'm going to put it up here. So it's a lovely van's boot. I call it my business trainer. So... I put that there because yesterday I was talking to my husband Dills and I was like, oh, I'm doing this podcast and it's about like important things in the building, but I can't, really can't choose one. There's like the adapters, the intercom, door wedges, blue roll, jugs, urns, WD-40, drills, snacks, keys on the board. And I was like, oh, it's just really difficult. And then I was like, but essentially what I thought was at the end of it, it's about how you feel, or it's a bit, little bit about kind of self-care and you feeling strong every day, because all of those things could break, and it's about how you sort of deal with that or problem solve that. And um, he said, oh, there's an acronym for that. It's similar to when you do a cockpit check of your ambulance. And I was like, what? <laughs> What's that? And he was like, yeah, it's called powders. Petrol, oil, water, damage, electrics, rubber, self right so you check all those things that you've got all those things and then you check yourself and you make sure that you're well rested and you make sure that you've planned your day or your journey or your route and that you're going to take proper breaks not to say that it's like being in an emergency situation but I'm known for saying we're not working in A&E we're an arts organisation so let's just try not to be stressed right now when there might be a stressful time at an event. I chose my trainer because what's really important to me is if I have comfy feet, then I feel good and I'm able to deal with anything. So I I walk to work in normal trainers and then I take my business trainers out of the drawer and then I can just go down the stairs really quick, getting adapters when I need them. And yeah, I just think it's important to look after yourself first Make sure you're rested and you're strong to deal with the day.
0: Amazing. We just came from a conversation with two curators, Jamila Prowse and Amrita Dalu, who are talking a lot about self-care. A lot about sort of how to care for colleagues, but also people that are you come into contact with in your organisation or your role as a curator or head of operations or whatever role you're working in an organization which has a sort of responsibility to the public that it's serving and the people that it's working with and so someone in that also was talking about how in order to sort of care for others you have to make sure that you've got the tools you need personally to do it and you yeah have your feeling robust and you can care for yourself before you can start to think about caring for the building Mm. and I think a lot of what you do do in Lighthouse is really caring you really care in a very practical way that's not the same as the sort of radical hospitality or radical care that's talked about in these symposiums but it's just really paying attention to all these small things which make it possible for people to feel like they can do their job but also like they can feel good in doing their job and I'm not making a point I'm just sort of in awe of how much you care and it's good to know that it also caring for yourself in that i often feel like the the care that sort of happens in organizations whether it's operational or just making sure that there's plates to use there's cups there <laughs> you know there's biscuits that are restacked and there are always things that are kind of if it's working well they're there and then you don't really think about who's put the cup there or how the plate got there or how it got clean but if somehow yeah that person is not there for the day if they're sick or if they can't get to work and that all kind of disintegrates then people really start to panic <laughs> and that's yeah. when you see these like organisations just sort of falling apart right um, yeah yeah. and i sort of wonder why in these reimaginings that very like just day to day how do you get things to work is often not talked about in how you sort of how you yeah keep things going and sustain things and Yeah, we came across a quote this week thinking in the book called How Buildings Learn by Stuart Brand that Matt Weston from Space Makers brought into this week that Geordie has been doing around keeping the building open. And there's a whole section in that about maintenance, about how it's like the thing that, you know, doesn't really make your building any better or prettier it doesn't like give it an extension but it just keeps it going and so it's not often the work also that it gets thanked for because it's you're just kind of maintaining it but it's the work that without that the building can't exist mm. no maintenance no building mm. and and so much I think is sort of pushed towards making things bigger and better and bigger audiences and bigger buildings and bigger programs and someone somewhere has to just keep that going and yeah Maintain it.
1: Yeah, I think it's important for people to know how things are kind of happening just to kind of understand the work behind something. And something that I'm thinking about at the moment is the cleaning in, in the building. And no one knows the cleaners, I don't know their names, although I've told everybody they're called Tommy and Peter and they're awesome. But then when kind of maybe things go wrong or something might not have happened. I'm just trying to think about how we can all communicate together and, like, equally without... Because it's a bit like, well, this hasn't been done. It's like always a bit of, like, an angry situation. But there's been a lot of work, a really, really lot of work every day that hasn't been acknowledged or kind of thanked. Just when the thing goes wrong, as you say, then it's sort of like visible, and it's like, well, what's happened there? But
0: yeah, I met when I met Tommy and Peter, and I invited them to come to one of our monthly lunches. But actually, at that point in the day, that's like their night time because they've already been in and they've done the cleaning either after hours or before hours or through the night, and it sort of made me think I'm always priding myself on someone that's trying to be inclusive and hosting these lunches and actually like even I'm sort of setting this centre which, yeah, Tommy and Peter can't kind of come into it because it's outside normal working hours and I've been thinking a lot about who makes the centre, you know, and the fact that like cleaning jobs sort of still exist at the bottom of the organisational chart and they don't just exist there, you know, they're put there and they're often earning the least and you know they're being paid the least and they're sort of working outside normal hours but like they're working hours which are normal for their work just had to check myself that I really wanted to include Tommy and Peter but I was trying to include them into my structure Mm, yeah which isn't a structure they can sort of be part of because of the job that they're doing and yeah and again it's like somehow I'm sort of trying to be inclusive, but I'm just replicating this model They've only got a few minutes left, so maybe i just talk about my favourite thing that I've found. Not my favourite thing. Everything you do is my favourite thing <laughs> in Lighthouse. But when I first came in, I remember asking who does the teas and coffees for the huge hires that you have. And they're often like hundreds of people in the building the same day. Who makes all the tea and coffee? like, And then, you know, where does the washing up happen? And I remember you and Ben, who was the operations assistant, saying oh, we just do it and Ben just constantly on kettle-boiling duty and that being such an important part of keeping those hires, which means they're paying the money, which means the programme can happen. So your diagram of the tea trolley, and you're an amazing illustrator, so it's done really well, but you draw everything that needs to go on a tea trolley, which is really important if you're not there, if you do get run over or (laughs) don't have your business trainers, yeah, someone else can know how to do it. And if that doesn't happen... be a disaster for lots of reasons but
1: yeah I did that poster without really thinking I was like oh I'll just quickly draw this because I kept forgetting things like the bowl to put the tea bags in and things like that I was like I'll do a proper one and laminate it and do it properly but it's just stayed the same old one and and when you mentioned it it was like Ben was like yeah I, I use that I was like, oh, I don't need to change it then.
0: No, I can tell he's using it. And yeah, without these sort of, yeah, small informational diagrams, a lot of stuff would get forgotten. Yeah. So I guess I've been really aware that coming into an institution for six months is a really short amount of time and it's not very much time to get to know how the building works or what makes sense or what my role here is or what's already happening and also what's been sort of done and tried for the last 14 years that, you know, has or hasn't worked. And so I guess the sort of projects that I've been working on have been more just trying to create a bit of space to talk with different people to hear from different people who use the Lighthouse building who work in it who come to it and people who are based in Brighton but maybe don't know Lighthouse that well to think about yeah how the building could be used differently and what that means for the people working in it and using it and coming to it and I think that's where this role of hospitality that word has kind of suited it because it's like how does Lighthouse of host all of these different things Hmm. and now I'm thinking about and this is a phrase that Ali Beddoes who's the artistic director and CEO of Lighthouse has said to me it's like what happens with the drying up if you're doing the washing up like who's putting away all of the things once I leave
1: yeah well exactly so it's been really amazing having you at Lighthouse to look at how, how we run things because when when you're in it you you can't see So it's been amazing and there's been some really lovely moments in the lunches where tenants have come out and we've been having lunch and just talking about how it's really difficult to stop working in a day, especially when we had, was it cooking for friends? What were they called? Mm, Food and friendship. Food and friendship and just talking to Vera and she was like, this is the important thing, you know, and she's like, you're not going to remember your work you'll remember things like this and she's right you know it's making connections and I I can't wait to sort of like see what we'll do next we're going to keep these lunches going yeah and um hopefully do you proud Eva
0: (laughs) well I feel really proud to work with you all and and I guess the lunches have been a way to show that those spaces are important and they are work and Often it's the kitchen, all those spaces that get squished when anyone's trying to reimagine the Mm. building. And I talked a lot about how I had to fight for snacks to be valid expenses in this grant. So, yeah, the lunches have also been an important way for me to meet different people in the building in Brighton and, and spend some time with you inside the working day. Because, yeah, often evening events, people can't come to them because you've already spent eight hours <laughs> you're in that building yeah and you need to just leave yeah and not stay for another
1: two hours to hear someone tell you about how you should be reimagining your job yeah no that's been a really good thing actually having them at lunch because i'm known for setting everything up and then leaving out the back door for an <laughs> evening event that's <laughs> um, really
0: great you've been there all of them yeah
1: it's been really good yeah thank right. you thank you thank you so much emma
0: It's been really brilliant talking to you. And uh, Radio 4, you can call us if you like this Lighthouse Maintenance Tools version of your popular radio show. That was the final podcast in this series of Light Plus, bringing to an end my programme here at Lighthouse, Who's Doing the Washing Up? I wanted to say a big thanks to everyone who's joined me in these podcasts and the programme, and to all of you listening. much for listening to this light plus podcast if you want to find out more about this event or who's doing the washing up and where's the sink then head to lighthouse.org.uk if you've enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and rate us either on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts as it helps other people to find us too who's doing the washing up and where's the sink is part of Reimagine europe a collaboration between Lighthouse and nine other organizations across Europe, co-funded by the Creative Europe Programme of the European Union.